Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. Uh, I'm your co-host today, Mason Austin. I'm one of your other co-hosts, Cody Stopper. <laughs> and uh, I'm your other co-host, Simon Villanos, a.k.a. Coach V. And you're listening to uh, episode 105, our 5A uh, Playmakers of the Year Awards. Uh, we go ahead and go down the list. You know, we have different categories. We have Newcomer of the Year, Offensive Playmaker of the Year, Defensive Playmaker of the Year, and then Most Valuable most valuable Playmaker of the Year. Um, we have five votes coming from one from each of us. Uh, and then we also have our friend and coach, uh, Jesse Booten, over at, is it Trinity International? Yes, sir. All right, and then we do have the fan vote, which you guys voted on on uh, Twitter for us. Um, is it cool if I go ahead and just start talking about our newcomers of the year, guys? Send it. All right, I'm going to start with our first newcomer of the year, uh, Beckham Kritza out of Fairview High School. Um, he plays quarterback over there, if you don't know who he is already. Uh, he has 3,192 passing yards this season, 22 touchdowns, 8 interceptions with a long of 72. Uh, just going to go ahead and talk about a couple of his key games. In a loss against Horizon, he did put up 444 yards and three touchdowns, and that's where he got his long of 72. And another one of his key games, the first game of the year against Boulder High School, he had 328 yards and three touchdowns. But his most touchdowns came in the Prairie View game, winning 41 nothing with 355 yards and five touchdowns. You know, and then... Going into it, I hate that they don't give him credit for, you know, they give him credit for sacks, I guess. But I guess his best rushing game, he had 16 yards against Central High School in a 17-0 win over there for Boulder. Um, then, you know, going in, I'm just going to go ahead and talk about the next guy as well because it is his, uh, you know, leading receiver over there, Jordan Rochelle at Fairview High School as well having 845 receiving yards with his key games being against uh, Padre High School with 172 yards and three receiving touchdowns, against Horizon having three receiving touchdowns at 184 yards and 149 yards against Legacy. Um, I guess those are two of our guys. I'm going to go ahead and pass it over to Cody or Simon. To me to talk about Austin Modrzewski out of Mountain Vista High School. Mason and I got to see, you know, this kid uh, some somewhat uh, somewhat live, I guess. You know, when we went to the Arapahoe game, he did attempt three passes and was completely perfect in that game, going three for three for 26 yards and a touchdown. But that's not where he really started to take over. You know, his snaps and workload increases drastically in Castleview, which I assume was his first big start. Prior to the Castleview game, you know, he was hovering around, you know, 50 attempts, like 20 or 30 completions, two touchdowns, and four interceptions. But once they just let him kind of do his thing and get to work, he really came into his own, you know, against Castleview. That is a shootout that Mountain Vista would lose by a single point. But I still think that, you know, it was an impressive showing for Austin here, going 24 for 36, 
360 yards, three touchdowns, and two picks. And, you know, I think that's all he really needed to get going for good here. Because following that, he did lead the Vista Eagles here to a 42 to nothing win over in-district rival Highlands Ranch, going 22 of 26 and throwing as many touchdowns as he had in completions. With four touchdowns, no interceptions, and posted 151.4 QBR. Wow, that's super impressive. Not to mention he ran for, um, you know, another 14 yards in that game. He's not a super mobile quarterback, but he can get back in the pocket and deliver you dots. And not to mention he is a playoff winning quarterback. You know, I think that a game that could define the turning point in his entire career was in that opening round against Legacy. Legacy is a solid football program that has produced, you know, at least candidates for our top five lists, as well as some members of our top five lists. And in that game, you know, he went 24 of 28 for 317 yards, six touchdowns, and one pick. That is impressive. No matter if you're a freshman in high school or if you're a junior, it's very impressive. And so obviously with a performance like that in the playoffs, it was no question that Austin here was going to be one of our newcomer of the year candidates. And, you know, he even had an okay-ish game. You know, he did throw two picks against Creek, but Creek were the state champs, you know. And so with experiences like that, I think it's going to benefit him quite a bit, you know, in the future. And as the season went on, you know, I think that his turnover problems and ratios got a little bit closer to acceptable, and he's going to continue to progress as a quarterback and, you know, puts this very young and stacked Mountain Vista squad on the map for sure. So, you know, very excited for uh, Modrzewski here and where his career is going. Simon, you want to talk about our last newcomer of the year? Yeah, I'll talk about... uh newcomer of the year finalist, a finalist and that is Aiden Napke from Cherry Creek High School um obviously all these guys are freshmen but you know to start as a freshman for Cherry Creek it's pretty hard you don't see that every day they like to take their time you know develop their players and whatnot next year you know there might be some interesting freshmen that do start but for now Aiden Napke is kind of leading the way here he does play safety for Cherry Creek and honestly, he really didn't, I guess, make the biggest impact until kind of near the end of September. Then from then on, he went on a tear. And so I'm talking about September 24th, uh, when they first played Regis Jesuit. I want to say that is after, I want to say that is after the Chandler High School game, if I wasn't mistaken. But, you know, he did come back, and in that Regis Jesuit game, you know, he got a tackle and an interception. And speaking of stats, I might as well just say how many uh, tackles and picks he had this year. But he had 18 tackles and five interceptions, helping Cherry Creek win their state championship game. Um, some of these notable games that he did have uh, was against Mountain Vista, as Cody said, you know, Austin Modrzewski, he is obviously a newcomer of the year candidate. Also, we saw him at Team Full Gorilla tryouts, so we have a lot of respect for him. We think he's a good player, but unfortunately in this game, well, fortunately for Aiden in this game, he got the best of Austin as he did pick him off twice, so he did get both of those interceptions over him and then racked up two tackles as 
well. He also had an interception in a playoff game against Regis Jesuit, um, along with three tackles in that game. And so, look, Cherry Creek, they're obviously really good. They are super deep. And honestly, these five interceptions were pretty key. If you look at the film, they're like really good picks. It's like him hunting for the ball and, you know, just playing the ball right and playing the plays or making the big plays that he needs to for this Cherry Creek team and cleaning up and taking advantage of those things. And, you know, he makes plays out there, you know. Not too many quarterbacks are going to continue to test Aiden Napke here in the coming years because he showed that he could make them pay in the limited time he did get to play. You know, he only played probably uh, about two months uh, two-thirds probably of the season, I would say. And so that's pretty impressive for him to get the stats that he did here. Five interceptions for any safety is pretty good, if I'm being completely honest with you. And this is just the beginning for Aiden Napke here. And speaking of Aiden, he actually did win our fan vote. I believe he got 40% of the votes for our Newcomer of the Year polls that were on our Twitter. And so congrats to him but I'm going to talk about who I voted for here real quick and you know honestly all the respect to all these guys Aiden I think he's going to be one of the best safeties in Colorado here soon Um, I absolutely believe that just by seeing his film and so I want to give him respect Austin Modrzewski saw him at Team Full Gorilla Tryouts I know what he could do like I said in the live stream uh, if you haven't checked that out go ahead it's on YouTube live so you could see his breaking down some film and whatnot there you know he uh reminded me a lot of Luke McAllister and so I kind of see that as his uh I guess potential moving forward and then Jordan Rochelle you know I mean it's hard to step into Grant Page's shoes basically and take over as the lead receiver but he did and he did make a lot of plays I think he is the next great Fairview receiver but I have to go with Beckham Kritzler you know um, he did get 23% of the 430 total votes that were for the newcomer that were on the newcomer of the year poll. Um, and you know, look, he was he was big time and from that Boulder game to the end. I mean, he went through adversity, did have ups and downs as any freshman quarterback does. But Beckham Kritzel, man, he did his thing. I don't think Fairview would exactly be the same without him. I mean, his deep ball ability and. Uh, his ability to kind of just stretch out defenses and pick them apart. And obviously, you know, Fairview, they do run the spread, so they're already stretching out defenses. Uh, for Beckham to master that offense first off, that is huge. You know, not many freshmen can master a complicated spread offense like that. And so, got to give him a lot of props, and that's why he earned my Newcomer of the Year vote. But um, Cody or Mason, do you want to talk about... Uh, uh, who you voted for? Yeah, I'll go ahead I and talk can. about my guy. Um, I'm going to echo you and say uh, Beckham Krista got my vote. But I do want to, you know, shout out, you know, his wide receiver over there, Jordan Rochelle, who, you know, act- absolutely stepped up in, you know, Grant Page going down with that ACL. Um, without Jordan Rochelle, Beckham wouldn't have put up the numbers he did because he didn't have, you know, like a Grant Page out there. But, you know... These two are going to be a nasty combo to watch going going forward. So definitely going to be sick to see him, and I can't wait to see him play in a playoff game next year. Granted, they don't get COVID. Yeah, no, I 
I'm going to have to say it was obviously pretty lame that their season was cut short from COVID and we didn't get to see a legendary duel between or what I think would be a legendary duel between Beckham and Seth Frazier, whose guy we'll talk about later. But I am not going to be original here. And I'm going to stay with Beckham Kritza as my vote for Newcomer of the Year. Look, he was one of the top freshman passers in the entire country. And just one of the top passers, period, in the country, you know. For him to come in and complete basically 65% of his passes as a freshman is ridiculous. And I mean, his worst game, he still completed 50%. A lot of quarterbacks will dip way below 50% in some of their worst performances, but not Beckham here. You know, they leaned on him heavily. His arm, you know, hopefully he's resting it up because he did have 413 pass attempts, but you know, he's integral to Fairview being a playoff team this past season. And yeah, he's just, look, we've been new about this guy. And, you know, to to hear that he was going to Fairview is like, okay, like, he's going to be handed the keys to one of, to probably the best passing attack in Colorado, or at least the school that installs and runs, like, the best passing attack in Colorado. What is he going to do with this power and, you know, this autonomy? And he lit it up. He lit it up, you know, uh, Fairview. They had a solid season. He had a lot of great duels. You know, and he led them to a winning record, ultimately, which is what you want every season at your quarterback. And who knows what could have happened in the playoffs. It's really a shame that we didn't get that Seth Frazier duel. And it's also a shame that we didn't get to see him, you know, if he won that game, potentially face off against an Arapaho defense, which would be his biggest challenge of the year. But, you know, I I still appreciate everything he did. And, you know, Jesse, he's a, he's a bit of a bolder guy, you know, in general, that's that's kind of that golden boulder area he's been a lifelong cu fan and so you know being familiar with that area i feel like it was a no-brainer here for coach Putin to take beckham kritza i feel like beckham's probably somebody that he wouldn't mind having on his college squad honestly and uh having that ability to develop him a little bit and also congrats to beckham and jordan for both already receiving offers to cu uh, if that's not a testament to how good they were, and that's not just because they're in Boulder's backyard. They were that good this year, and uh, they're going to be a lethal combination for years to come. But I'm going to go ahead and give it to QB1, Beckham, Kritza. And, and of course, obviously, you know, all respect to the other players, Austin and Aiden and Jor- Jordan, but uh, I'm going to have to give it to Beckham. Does uh, anybody have anything else to add to our newcomer? Yeah. I, I just want to shout out um, these other guys here real quick. Uh, Chris Smith from Mountain Vista. Um, as a freshman, he had a good year. And then Alex Birch from Horizon. He also had a good year. They just unfortunately finished outside for us in our final four here. Alex Birch was literally battling for a spot here. But he is going to be a quarterback to look out for. Along with Chris Smith on Mountain Vista. Mountain Vista, starting a lot of freshmen, which I absolutely love. Start the best players and you got to win. And I think they will be a very exciting team moving forward. Also, I think Ja'Kai Mack is a freshman as well. Uh, receiver over there at Vista. So, 
yeah. watch out for for those Eagles over the next few years, and also watch out for our offensive playmaker candidates coming next. Hey y'all, welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Cody Stoffer, joined here by Coach V and Mason, and we are talking Offensive Playmaker of the Year candidates here, and I'm going to jump right into it, talking about the Chaparral Wolverines quarterback, Kylan Wilson, and, uh, sorry, um, I, I was just thinking about all the film that I watched of Kylan this year and how many times he was a consistent playmaker of the week candidate. You know, he had multiple amazing games. I know he won it in week one when he threw four touchdowns and ran for 131 yards over uh, Eagle Crest, as well as throwing for 186, you know, and posting a near-perfect quarterback rating in that game. He tore up, you know, the... Uh, that Eagle Crest team, and, you know, I think he kind of set them on a spiraling course for the rest of the season just because he came out swinging in that game. And then, you know, the very next week, he partakes in a thriller uh, against, you know, this Rock Canyon squad that was surging this year and helps pull out a three-point win over Rock Canyon as well. So, you know, those were two great games he had. I know that he also kind of popped back up on our radar but where in that Rock Canyon game, mind you, he ran for four touchdowns. So, you know, there's that. They kind of go on a skid here. But then in that Fairview game, I actually got to watch this game. And, you know, he didn't do a lot through the air. He did throw a touchdown pass. But really, it was just his constant ability to move the chains. You know, he was a first down mover all year on the ground. I mean, shoot. As a runner, he averaged 6.3 yards per carry and had over a 1,000 yards as a runner, not to mention 14 touchdowns. And then, you know, as a passer, obviously, he had that opening week performance against Eagle Crest, and, you know, he continued to have some solid games here. You know, like, he had that Doherty game, three, three TDs to one interception. And Pine Creek, you know, that's a very great defense. That's a 4A defense that plays at a 5A or, you know, future 6A level. And, you know, he walked away with a positive TD to INT ratio. Same with Douglas County. And, you know, even though they lost in the opening round of the playoffs to Fort Collins, he was the heartbeat of this offense, you know, running for 117 yards and passing for 188 and three scores with zero interceptions. So, you know, obviously... You got to tip the hat to him. He was, like I said, just so impactful for the Chaparral team that, you know, kind of bounces back and forth here and there. And that's a good way to describe their season. But in the end, getting them to the playoffs and, you know, putting up a fight in the playoffs. And that was Kylan Wilson, you know, that uh, 5'11", 200-pound quarterback out of Shap. But speaking of absolute units on the ground, Simon... What would what would a playmaker's list be without talking about a Columbine running back? Oh, absolutely. And uh, that Columbine running back is Seth 
Cromwell, the 5'10", 210-pound uh, senior. He did also play on defense. I just want to say that he probably could have been an MVP candidate. He did have 79 tackles, six tackles for losses, and four sacks on the defensive side of the ball, while also basically being the engine for this entire Columbine offense and team, really. He was a big reason why they were so, um, honestly, just so good this season. And so on the year, Seth Cromwell on 182 carries. And by the way, he was rested um, basically two times here, once against Pomona and then against Far Northeast. He was basically rested in their first-round playoff game. Didn't do too much there. But on the year, still had 1,296 rushing yards. 20 rushing touchdowns, also caught five receptions for 69 receiving yards and a touchdown as well. Some pretty notable games, um, his second game of the season against Cherokee Trail, they beat them 52-21 to on 14 carries. He had 161 rushing yards and four rushing touchdowns, absolutely obliterating them there against a Valor Christian the first time around. He had 21 carries, 135 rushing yards, and a rushing touchdown. I also want to say he caught a ball in that game as well. Um, and while still talking about the regular season here, uh, you know, against Lakewood, on nine carries, 184 rushing yards, three rushing touchdowns. In the playoffs, you know, he didn't do too much against Far Northeast. They pretty much, uh, you know, <laughs> they pretty much uh, chilled out on his carries and touches there, but still racked up 45 yards on eight carries. Also caught a touchdown in that game, but against Arvada West, they went ahead and gave him the ball 30 times, and he went ahead and helped them win that game, rushing for 146 yards and three touchdowns, and then even against Valor Christian in that last playoff game that they only lost 17-7, to he ran it for 15 um, he ran it 15 times for 48 rushing yards. Seth Cromwell, man, he just basically barely missed our top five running backs list, but he was an absolute beast for this Columbine team. He was a big reason why they weren't able to make it to the playoffs and win a couple playoff games as well. That is how important he is to this Columbine football team, and he will be missed for sure. But uh, Mason, do you want to talk about the next offensive playmaker of the year finalist here. Yeah, I definitely will. I'm going to go ahead and talk about Logan Brook out of Cherokee Trail High School. Uh, the quarterback over there, man, uh, just to you know, start with his stats, he had 3,228 passing yards, 36 passing touchdowns, and four interceptions. You know, he had 240 completions out of 370 attempts. Some of this guy's key games, you know, throwing – was it week one against Mullen? He did go ahead and go 12 of 23 for 311 yards and five touchdowns. He had another game against the Arapahoe, uh later on in the season where he went 31 of 44 for 304 yards and three touchdowns. And then against Fossil Ridge, which I actually got to see this game. Um, this game was insane. He played ridiculously well, you know, behind his great offensive line over there. But he had... 28 of 40 for 410 yards and six touchdowns. You know, this dude is just an animal, but he also gets it done running occasionally uh, when he has to. You know, against Ralston Valley, he, you know, had 45 yards. But all in all, he has one touchdown and 236 yards running. I just want to say, you know, like, 
watching this guy throw is pretty effortless, and he is he's someone to watch out for when you have to face him. So he is a dog over there. But I think I'm going to go ahead and pass it back to Simon to talk about our last um, offensive playmaker of the year. Yeah, that last guy is Cherry Creek's very own quarterback, Christian Hammond. He's a junior. Um, look, how, how about a story here? You know, he played cornerback for this team last year and the year before, I want to say. And then this year, he steps in as the starting quarterback. You know, I'm not going to lie. I was pretty critical of him early on. I was like, hey, he needs to get going, man. Um, even going into the playoffs, I was like, I don't know. He needs to kind of get it going here. Um, or, you know, Cherry Creek could stall, even though they have a really good defense. But he did get it going on the year. Uh, you know, he threw for 2,025 passing yards with a 66 uh, completion rating. That's pretty good. He also threw 18 touchdowns to only six interceptions and then ran the ball 223 uh, for 223 rushing yards and six rushing touchdowns you know um christian hammond kind of struggled early on i'm not even gonna lie you know he really didn't break 200 yards until the fifth game of the season and so i'm gonna talk about that game first and that was against regis jesuit on september 24th he went 14 of 17 for 243 passing yards and a passing touchdown um, he also ran the ball a couple of times, but nothing too much there. You know, that's very efficient. I mean, he let some other guys score, obviously, but to move the ball up and down, that is huge. And then against Cherokee Trail, the following week, won 14 of 22 for 228 passing yards, but threw four touchdowns to only one interception. He also ran for a touchdown in that game. And so that's kind of when he got it going here. Did struggle against Grandview and Arapahoe, but honestly, who didn't? But would come back with great games against Eagle Chris and Smoky Hill, throwing for 173 and 176 yards respectively, and two touchdowns apiece in each game. In the playoffs, though, he really got it going to get into state. He beat Legend, he helped beat Legend 48-14, to only missed one pass, but went 10 of 11 for 203 passing yards and two touchdown shout out to Kai Ode Jr. He did his thing in that game. He also ran the ball four times for 28 yards. And then against Valor Christian, once again, only missed one pass uh, in the state championship game. Won 10 of 11 for 101 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, and ran the ball 12 times for 21 yards in a game where he basically really only played three quarters but that's Christian Hammond man he absolutely killed it this year I wasn't sure if he was going to be able to translate over but in my opinion he had a very good all point type of year you know I mean he did his thing and he was a big reason why Cherry Creek was able to go back to state and win state as well but you know with that being said I'm gonna go ahead and talk about the fan vote here out of 254 votes 41% of those votes went to the Columbine running back himself, 
Seth Cromwell. So congrats to him. He did win our fan vote. And I'm also going to vote for Seth Cromwell as well. I think he just killed it this year. He was a big reason why they're so successful. And, you know, he gave a lot of teams trouble on offense and defense. But especially offensively, he has a very tough brand of football that he plays. And, you know, he's going to be a great player on the next level. Absolutely. So, uh, so yeah, but that's two votes for Seth Cromwell. Now, Cody or Mason, do y'all want to talk about your votes? I'll make it a third year for Seth Cromwell, that running back out of Columbine. You know, Columbine, the way that their program works, they are nothing, even more so than most programs. They are nothing without their running backs. And Cromwell not only carried on, you know, that torch, so to speak, of uh, successful Columbine running backs, but, you know, also gave them, you know, the best shot to defeat Valor on that left side of the bracket on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball. And I think that, you know, his durability and toughness, you know, Columbine rested Seth, not because Seth needed it, but because they just wanted to basically throw him a bone, you know. He has taken on a huge workload in that Columbine backfield. He was on our radar last year, and, you know, he lived up to the hype for his senior season. And so congratulations to uh, King Cromwell, according to his uh, to his Instagram. Go ahead and give him a follow there. Yeah, no, I'm going to go ahead and uh, talk for Jesse and I here, where we both, you know, made it unanimous. Seth Cromwell did take this one for us. Uh, you know, uh, looking at him all season, I've seen him in a couple different games, and he is a workhorse, man. They they give him the rock, and they give it to him a lot, and he gets it done for him. So congratulations to Seth Cromwell, and, you know, we'll see who's next next year. Unanimous. Keep your eyes out for uh, Tyree Trusty. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So there you go. I, I mean, just to put some respect on Kyle Lovos and Logan Brook. Christian Hammond, they all did their things. Um, for me, Christian Hammond was a really close second. I mean, he's a big reason why they won state, in my opinion, because Marte Russell was down. If he went down or didn't play well, definitely could have lost a couple more games here. And, you know, with a tougher uh, path to state, you never know. You know, you, you never know. And so I want to give him a lot of credit here for doing his yeah, uh, is there anybody that y'all want to give credit to before we move on here? Yeah, just all of our candidates here. Obviously, they they all balled out, and then you also had that uh, the athlete out of Eagle Crest and that running back, as well as well two running backs, I guess I should say, uh, Diego Cerns and Braylon Tate. Diego out of Eagle Crest and Braylon Tate out of Legacy High School. They were right there. We were looking at their film, or at least Braylon's, for our top five senior running backs. And Diego, we actually got to see him play some defense over at uh, Team Full Gorilla Tryouts, and he's good. He's good. Don't get it twisted. And if there's some names that you're like, hey, maybe they should have been an Opoi, stay tuned for MVP. But first, we got to talk about D-Boy. You got anything else to add on, Mason? Or are you going to take us to D-Boy? No, I think I'm going to go ahead and take us over to D-Boy. All 
Alrighty, welcome back, and you're listening to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm Mason Austin, one of the co-hosts here today. I'm going to go ahead and talk about our first defensive playmaker of the year, Angelo Petridis, sophomore out of Cherry Creek High School. Um, I'm just going to start by talking about this guy's tackles, man. You know, 31 solo, 120 assists, leading the, uh, was it 5A, in, uh, with 151 total tackles. Insane, four of them being tackles for loss. He had three sacks, and then, you know, on the opposite, you know, and he also had five interceptions and three pass deflections with a forced fumble uh, and a fumble recovery. You know, he got it down on all edges of this field. He was all over, even in that state championship game between him and, you know, his other linebacker there. I think they shut down, you know, the running game of this Valley Christian team probably the most. You know, this is kind of a sweet victory for me, him being on this list, because I did actually coach him when he was in eighth grade, uh, him and a couple other guys out there, but, you know, this is a pretty uh, insane stat number for a sophomore to be putting up. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pass it over to Cody to talk about this next defensive playmaker of the year. Yeah, this defensive playmaker of the year was recently ranked our number one DN slash edge rusher on our class of 22 DNs and edge rushers. So go ahead and listen to that episode. That is episode 104 in case you missed it, which I know a lot of you did. So go ahead and go listen to it to hear about how phenomenal Jared Ramos is. You know, we talked about it in that episode, just everything he's able to do, how fundamentally sound he is. But really, just watching his film is a whole other level of dominance. You know, he's a phenomenal athlete. And he's a very strong, he's just a strong dude, honestly, who just pushes around linemen at will, whether it's single or double teams. And the unfortunate thing here, looking at Jareb's stats, is uh, Rappaho is inconsistent, I should say, on, you know, their their stats. They don't even have any of his senior year uploaded, but... You know, Mason and I, well, okay, actually, they allegedly do. But Mason and I, we still made it out to his games this year. And, you know, he showed why he is what he is, you know, rated as a three-star guy and was crucial to this Arapaho defense. And, you know, with Ramos on the line, this was a championship team. I'm dead serious when I say that. When this defensive line was fully healthy, this team could have won state, and I think it started with Jareb Ramos. Simon, do you want to talk about another team that, you know, was pushed into, you know, a little bit of a, con- of a contender because of some of their defensive guys, including one of our depoy candidates? Yeah, and that is senior safety Malik Singleton from Grandview, our number three rated overall senior safety in the state of Colorado. Um, in the class of 2022, check out episode 86 if you want to uh, see what we had to say about him. But Malik Singleton, man, I mean, he's going to Wyoming, so congrats to him. He's a D1 guy through and through, and he played like a D1 guy for Grandview. He's been one of the cornerstones of this Grandview defense, and they'll be missing him, along with a fellow senior, Caden Rulo, as well. But Malik Singleton, man, he went to work this year despite already committing which you don't see every day you know honestly you really don't see every day some guys commit and then you know their senior season is whatever 
right? Malik Singleton, he was getting after it. As a safety, he had 100 tackles on the year, had six interceptions, four pass deflections, a forced fumble, or sorry, a fumble recovery, and then he also blocked a field goal. You know, this dude was doing it all. He had some very good games uh, versus Pomona in that first game. You know, he did get an interception, which did end up being pretty key, but he also racked up 15 tackles in that game as well against Cherry Creek. He was the reason why they almost beat them. He did have 14 tackles, including a pick six that would make it a one-score game in the fourth quarter um, in that Cherry Creek versus Grandview game. And so that's absolutely huge. He almost won them that game, to be completely honest with you. And then three straight games against Cherokee Trail, Arapahoe, and Mullen. He racked up 10 tackles in each of those games. Did have an interception versus Mullen. And so that's Malik Singleton, man. He is going to be a beast on the next level for Wyoming. They're getting a do-it-all safety who could not only come up and tackle, but you know he could go one-on-one or he could play zone or whatever. He would do what you ask him to do because he is that kind of defensive player. He's a do-it-all type of guy. And there's a reason he was our number three rated safety in a very good safety class, almost number two, honestly. But you know, Malik Singleton, he deserves all the props in the world because he is one of the biggest cornerstones for this Grandview team, or he was one of the biggest cornerstones for this Grandview team. Now, Cody, do you want to talk about another cornerstone type of guy up north? Absolutely. You know, I'm going to be talking about Fossil Ridge's very own Nathan T. Hallmark, who was, you know, a trademark of this Fossil Ridge defense. You know, he was just dominant this year. And your Colorado 5A sack leader with 19 freaking sacks over this season, including a monster four-sack performance against Eagle Crest. Eagle Crest being a team that does boast two three-star tackles on their squad. He was able to register a sack every year this year, other than, you know, their playoff game. But who can blame him when he was just running full throttle here? And, you know, I think you could say that his four-sack performance was kind of a turning point for this Fossil Ridge team here. You know, they were on a little bit of a skid starting off 0-3. And then, you know, he gets four sacks and they pull off a four-point win over Eagle Crest. And then, you know, a couple weeks later, he turns it back up with six sacks in two weeks and collects two victories here. And, you know, I just think that this Fossil Ridge team is not the same without Nathan Hallmark. He's another guy where you go listen to our episode, episode 104 on our top DNs and edge rushers. And you'll hear a lot more about Nathan Hallmark and just how good of a player he is. But really, he meant a lot for this Fossil Ridge team. And, you know, God, he hits hard as heck, too. Like, he's a dog and helped this team get to a 500 record on the season and make the playoffs. But with all that being said, Nathan Hallmark, he was your Colorado 5A sack leader and he's also you, the fans, uh, defensive playmaker of the year with 47% of the vote on 302 votes. He was voted as the defensive playmaker of the year with, you know, a couple of different runner-ups. But, you know, I, I will say that 
the guy who maybe didn't get the most love for the fans, Malik Singleton, with a modest 9%. He is my vote for Defensive Playmaker of the Year. Look, he just does so much for this Grandview defense. And, you know, versatility, man, it goes a long way. And, you know, Malik Singleton, he's a, a friend of the podcast and hopefully somebody who we can get to talk to in the near future. But he was integral to Grandview being a Final Four team this year. And so he has my vote. And with the vote split at one and one apiece, you know, Mason, do you want to talk about Jesse's vote for someone from our alma mater and then talk about your vote as well? Yeah, no, I'll definitely go ahead and so, you know, Coach Bruton's vote definitely was uh over there at Arapahoe High School, Jared Ramos, which it's very fair, you know, like you said on that episode we were just released, you know. Uh he's our number one guy over there and he is he's a dog, you know, and he gets it done for them. Three star guy over there. And his stats don't show it on max preps because, you know, Arapo doesn't put him in for, I know for a fact he had more than the amount of swats they had. And that's because I've seen him in three separate games. So, but for me personally, I'm going to go with my boy over at, you know, Cherry Creek, uh, Angelo Petridis, which actually puts the votes one apiece for everybody. Uh, Coach V, you want to end this for us? Yeah, sure thing. Uh, look, all these guys did very good jobs. I mean, for me, my top three, this was basically throughout the season, was Ramos, Singleton, and Petridis, you know. I think the defenses for all these teams wouldn't be championship-level type of defenses without all these players, but I think I'm going to have to go ahead and vote the sophomore linebacker from Cherry Creek, Angelo Petridis, as your 5A 2021 Defensive Playmaker of the Year. He did it all. Like, honestly, one of the biggest things that we criticize inside linebackers for is their pass coverage because sometimes they don't have it all. Um, but he has it, you know. He had, like, five interceptions on the year. That's absolutely insane. And I was looking through his film, and it looks good. There's definitely an argument for Angelo Petridis as a sophomore to be one of the best inside linebackers if not the best inside linebacker in the state of Colorado he's special um look I think he's a d1 guy I think he's an FBS guy right now he's at least a three-star guy if I'm being completely honest with you and you know there are a lot of guys on that defense you know Blake Purchase probably could have taken his spot if we really wanted to put him there but I think Angelo Petridis, he was somebody that really kind of brought this defense together you know Purchase was already there and that's great but Petridis being the inside linebacker, a lot is expected out of you. And for him to step in there and do what, you know, a lot of these great Cherry Creek defensive players do, and that is dominate, that is huge. But he definitely stood out among all those guys even as well. And in the state of Colorado, and he's a reason why they weren't able to win state and win a lot of games too. You know, he did his thing. And so I had I had to vote for Angelo Petridis, honestly. So, uh, so yeah, uh, Cody or Mason, is there anything else you want to talk about that or uh, or whatever before we move on to our last segment here? Yeah, I would just like to, you know, put some respect on uh, the rest of these guys' names, man, because, you know, Nathan Hallmark isn't a slouch over there. He's going to play great at whatever level he decides to go play at. If you want to hear more about that, you know, go ahead and listen to that episode. 
you know, Jared Ramos, shout out to that guy over there, man, you know, he, I watched him just dog on some great, great tackles all season, and then, you know, I, I wasn't, I haven't, like, watched a lot of, you know, Malik Singleton or anything, but from hearing what he can do and everything, he, every one of these guys deserves to be here, uh, um, Shout out Angelo Petridis for winning. Cody, you want to say anything before we go ahead and, you know, go to MVP? Nope. Alrighty. All right. <laughs> now next, your most valuable playmaker of the year finalist. Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Cody Stopper, joined here by Coach V and Mason Austin. And we have our biggest voted poll of all time, actually, in this category. With 1,626 votes, we'll talk about who won the fan vote. But to start off, our first candidate for Most Valuable Playmaker is running back Gavin Sodchuk, the OU commit and Valor Christian High School running back. And boy, before I start this off, I just want to say Boomer sooner, and I'm excited to see what player he turns into at the college level. But man, here on the high school level, he became Valor's all-time leading rusher, which is an interesting feat, you know, considering that Christian McCaffrey was once a guy who carried the rock quite a bit in his heyday at Valor. But this year in particular, his road to doing that involved a lot of 100-yard games and multiple uh, multi-touchdown games here. And, you know, throughout the season, he was very dominant. In the opening game of the year against Regis Jesuit, he had 32 carries for 154 yards and a score. In the Oaks Christian game, he had 31 carries for 242 yards and four scores. Eastside Catholic, 13 carries, 111 yards, and a score. So to start off, I mean, God, this guy already had like 500 yards by week four. Tones it down a little bit in Mullen with only 13 carries for 98 yards and three scores. So, you know, he just continues this level of dominance with multiple touchdowns until you get to the playoffs where, you know, he kind of takes it a little bit easy against Fort Collins. Then that's a good thing that they rested him because with nearly 40 carries in that Columbine game, he got up to 174 yards. While that's not impressive in the stat sheet necessarily, he also did have a reception for 59 yards and a touchdown. So over 230 yards of total scrimmage, you know, and the majority of Valor's offense all year. And yeah, honestly, Gavin Sodchuk, he carried this team, right? I mean, he did have, you know, a beefed up offensive line in front of him. But really, without Gavin Sawchuk, they do not make it to state. I seriously don't think that they make it to state. And, you know, that's that's kind of all that there is to it. 30 total touchdowns this year, 28 rushing. Damn, that's that's pretty dang good. And it kind of speaks for himself. He was also voted, you know, the uh, Colorado Gatorade Player of the Year. So he has quite an impressive resume. But will that be enough to win our most valuable playmaker of 2021 season? We'll see. But speaking of guys with an impressive resume, Simon, why don't you give us the uh, qualifications on the next candidate? 
Yeah, speaking about running backs, you know, go ahead and check out episode 98. But our number one running back in the state of Colorado is legend's very own Bryce Vaz, committed to our alma mater, Northern Colorado. Look, Bryce Vaz did a lot for this legend team. Honestly, this legend team, they are well coached and they have a good system. But don't get it twisted. This was an offense centered around Bryce Vaz who could run it and receive it notably uh, on the year. He ran for 1,716 rushing yards and 24 rushing touchdowns. He also caught the ball 25 times for 306 receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns. It's not listed on here, but I also know that Bryce Lovaz definitely returned um, at least one kick, one or two kicks for a touchdown as well. So you got to keep that in mind. You know, Bryce Lovaz is just an excellent athlete who's difficult to tackle. And I mean, he had some pretty good games here. I would say his best game, well, maybe but not statistically, but one of his best games on the season was against Mountain Vista, who they beat 34-7, but he did run the ball 23 times for 237 yards, averaging 10 yards a carry. Uh, he also scored three rushing touchdowns against Mountain Vista, also caught two balls in that game against Pine Creek. He was instrumental in winning that game for a legend. He did get the ball 20 times, about 20 times, for 91 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. He also caught a ball for about four yards. He was able to break off a really nice 59-yard rushing touchdown against them, which was pretty electrifying, honestly, because they do have a very good defense over there. Now, his next best statistical game, and probably the best one of the season, was against Chaparral, who they beat 45-14, but he got the ball 33 times for 285 rushing yards and six rushing touchdowns. He also caught two balls for 18 receiving yards in that game, absolutely hammering them uh, and slicing them as well because he is a very speedy, speedy back. But you know what? That is Bryce Vaz. You know, he is our number one rated running back in the state of Colorado for a reason. He did a lot for this legend team, um, both running it and catching it. So uh, there you go there. But Mason, do you want to talk about um, another finalist for MVP race here? That is not a running back. Yeah, no, I'm going to talk about the Thunder Ridge High School quarterback, Seth Frazier. Um, you know, this year putting up uh, 1,702 yards and 27 passing touchdowns. You know, eight interceptions, that's just his offensive stats, but a couple of his key offensive games for them over there. You know, against Mountain, uh, Mountain Vista, he had 233 yards and three touchdowns. Then he went on a tear for two more games against Castleview and Highlands Ranch, putting up three touchdowns as well in both of those. But his most touchdowns came against uh, Doherty High School, probably as they should, uh, 34-7, to 182 yards and five passing touchdowns. Running the ball, he had 797 yards. You know, his top games coming out with his first game of the year against Far Northeast Warriors. One touchdown with a uh, 100-plus yard run. It says 100-plus uh, with 126 yards. Where he went for 126 yards with a 40 on the long. 54 being his long in the year coming against Highlands Ranch with two touchdowns in that game. 
Uh, but anyways, for total yards in the year, you know, he had 1,700 and two passing yards, 797 rushing yards, you know, 2,499 yards total on the year. Um, I guess there's not really much more to say about this guy. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and pass it back to you, Simon, to talk about our last guy. Alright, and that last guy is the athlete from Douglas County High School, Antoine A.J. Jackson. He's a three-star, 6'1", 191, uh, plays quarterback and cornerback and kicker slash punter, I want to say, as well for Douglas County. Um, I also want to say he did lead them to their best record at 6-5. and five. Uh, their best record in over 10 years, I want to say. And, you know, he did a lot for this team, obviously. Now, I'm going to talk about his stats here. On the year, he did throw for 1,693 passing yards with a 57% completion rating. Um, threw 14 touchdowns to 11 interceptions. Now, I do want to say, you know, the majority of those interceptions did come in his last three games. Other than that, he had a very clean games throughout the year. But he also rushed for 732 rushing yards and seven rushing touchdowns. Absolutely killing it. He was obviously the focal point for this Douglas County offense um, doing his thing there. But like I said, he also played on the other side as well. So he barely came off the field um, at all. When I, Whenever I watched him play, he barely came off the field. But on defense, he also had 38 tackles, two tackles for losses, three pass deflections, a fumble recovery, a forced fumble, and an interception on the year. Punt-wise, um, on 18 punts, he kicked for a total of 698 yards. Eight of those punts were inside the 20, which is pretty dang good if you ask me there. A.J. Jackson just did it all. Um, now, I'm going to talk about some key games here against Castleview. This was absolutely huge. Douglas County hasn't beat Castleview in about over 10 years as well. So this was absolutely huge as he did throw, or he was 9 of 16 for 174 passing yards, two passing touchdowns. Also ran the ball 12 times for 79 rushing yards in that game against Castleview. Um, that had a tackle and also went 101 with a Blake Haggerty. Um, for most of that game and gave him a lot of trouble to be honest with you he shut him down for the most part you know and so that was a big rivalry game that he won there uh going into the following week against border you know he threw for 204 passing yards a touchdown he also ran for 87 rushing yards and a touchdown as well absolutely killing it and so there you go that is A.J. Jackson out of Douglas County. And honestly, for all those reasons, I have to vote for him for MVP. I think it is rare to find an athlete on the 5A level level able to do all these things. That is hard. <laughs> and especially to be the quarterback and then, you know, go ahead and turn around and play defense. And then be punting the ball as well. Like, he must be a tired man out there you know he was doing a lot um for this team and he put it all out there and that's why they did have such a good record that's why he did beat a rival that they haven't beaten in years that many have failed to beat you know um he did his thing you know he did his thing and he did at a very very high uh caliber here so um shout out to aj jackson i think he also just recently committed 
to Western as well, I want to say. So congrats to him. Go Pios. Um, yeah. Wait, what? Go Pios. Oh, yeah, that's... Pioneers. <laughs> yeah, I, I almost forgot what the mascot was. Yeah, so uh, there you go. I mean, they're getting a beast out there, but I have to vote for AJ Jackson. It is extremely hard not to. But uh, Mason, who are you going to vote for for 5A MVP? Okay, before I go ahead and talk about mine, um, I'm going to go ahead and talk about the fan vote. Out of 1,626 votes, 86% of those votes went to quarterback Seth Frazier over there at Thunder Ridge. Um yeah, no, that's a that's a huge percentage. Is that the highest percentage that we've had out of all of our votes so far, guys? It's at least up there. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's, I think it's, it is. I think yeah, I'm gonna say it's pretty it's pretty up there. But for me personally, you know, I went ahead and picked uh, Bryce Vaz. You know, I, I saw him live, and I think that kind of you know, settled it for me when once I saw that he was, his name was there. I saw him play against Arapahoe High School in that playoff game at the end of the year, and he just dominated. So, you know, that's where my pick is going to go. Um, Cody, do you want to go ahead and talk about Coach Booten and your pick? Yeah. So, you know, Coach Booten here, he agrees with you know, whatever the voting committee is here in Colorado as far as choosing Gavin Sawchuk as his most valuable playmaker, you know, and with the numbers that Gavin put up this year, that's certainly, you know, a, a strong argument to have, you know, and I, I have a lot of respect for, you know, this upcoming, you know, Boomer Sooner guy, and I'm really glad that he kept his commitment to OU, but how about I... What if I read some things off to you guys real quick? You ready for me to read some things off? I'm ready to read some things off. All right. No context, but here's what I'm going to talk about. In 2014, this team's record was 4-7. and seven. In 2015, their record was 2-8. and eight. In 2016, they went 5-5. Five and five. That's good. That's, that's 500. That's break even. In 2017, it was 3-7. In 2018, it was 1-9. In 2019, it was two and eight, and in 2020, it was two and three. This year, before playoffs, six and four, overall record, six and five. The first winning season in nearly a decade behind AJ Jackson at quarterback. That is my MVP. Look, a lot of these teams, all these guys are good. All these guys are good. But Thunder Ridge, you know, they kind of took a step back last year, but they're a program that's routinely relevant. Valor Christian, obviously, they have a whole bunch of rings, you know, with them McCaffrey's, and they've stayed relevant with Gavin Sachuk. Bryce Vaz over there at Legend. Legend is a team that, you know, they've, they kind of wave in and out, but they've waved more recently up than 20 freaking 13 was the last winning season for Douglas County. A.J. Jackson came in here in 2018 as a freshman and watched this varsity team win one game all year. And then turn this culture around over the next few years. The more playing time he got, the better he got, and the better this program was for it. It was their first win over in-town rival Castleview since 2014. 
also nearly a decade. And I just cannot stress enough how important he was to this program. Simon said the numbers, but I mean, literally, he does not leave the field. He doesn't leave the field. And on defense, it's not like he's just there. He's an impact player. He forced multiple turnovers this year. He had multiple pass deflections. He shut down an offense with a three-star receiver. They couldn't throw to him because AJ was there. And you could tell that he was leaving everything he had on the field, every play he could for these Douglas County Huskies, who, by the way, have the best mascot in all of Colorado. And I will not take arguments on that. But really, the heart and soul of this program, even with a real-life dog as its mascot, is the dog at QB, A.J. Jackson, and my vote for 5A Most Valuable Playmaker. Like I and said... he is also your 2021 5A MVP. Definitely well-deserved. Yep, that is that, that is the tie-breaking vote. <laughs> This is this is true, and uh, you know, like like I said, all respect to to those guys. But as far as players that change an entire culture because they're that good, you don't stumble across those guys. You know, AJ Jackson, he's like the freaking Joe Burrow of uh, of this Douglas County team. You know, a a team that existed in misery for a decent amount of time, not thirty one years but, you know, a decent amount of time and then made them relevant again this past year. And, man, I do not think... I think A.J. Jackson might have, you know, my favorite throw of the year with his moon ball to, you know, his star receiver over there at Douglas County. Simon knows exactly which one I'm talking about. Look, we had cruddy seats. I'm not even going to... Our seats stunk really bad. At, uh, at the uh, Douglas County game because, well, we didn't have seats. We were watching from the fence or right down on the field. But, man, the moon ball that he threw to Chase Nelson. Yeah, to Chase Nelson was... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Was a... It was beautiful. It was, like, spiritual watching that throw. And, uh, yeah, you don't get a lot of throws like that over the course of an entire season that just wow that just wow you just like that but that's that's my vote for most valuable playmaker and your most valuable playmaker period because that's how that's how voting works i love democracy yes i mean he is he's he's the mvp for a reason look when he threw that moon ball i think we all realized we were witnessing something pretty historical there we knew the stakes going into this game. It's been almost 10 years since Douglas County has beat Castleview. And the last couple years, Castleview was blowing out Douglas County 40-30-0 or something like that. And so to come into that game and make a statement, oh boy. Not only on offense, but on defense as well. You know, that's absolutely huge. They don't win that game without A.J. Jackson. And then obviously to win the rest of these games as well that is pretty huge i mean you can't can't take that for granted because he absolutely balled out but uh there you go aj jackson mason is there anything else you want to say about aj jackson here before uh we close this thing up 
I, I want to say, you know, I saw only saw him against Pine Creek. But, you know, he was balling out against Pine Creek. And, you know, they lost that game or whatnot. But still, you know, he, he definitely showed that he was doing what he needed to do. And, you know, I saw Bryce Vaz live. You know, I've seen Gavin live. I don't think I've seen Seth Frazier live. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I seen, I seen him. No, I don't think I've seen him live either. But, you know, I've seen a bunch of these people. Um, and, you know, AJ was definitely my second option on this list. I went with Bryce just because he kind of, you know, put it in my mind in the last game. So, you know, congratulations to AJ Jackson. Boom, there you go. Bryce Vaz is a beast. I mean, you know, there's a reason why we ranked him as number one. So, obviously, respect to him. He was my second choice, if I'm being completely honest with you, because he, he cared for sure. Cody, who was your second choice? Since we're going around and saying it. My second choice was Sachuk, just because, you know, on that Legend team, you had other people who made plays, you know, like like Jackson Brush, who was our number two wide receiver. So I think that uh, as far as, like, one player meaning a lot to their squad, I I put uh, Sachuk as my number two guy. Because it's, it's not best running back, it's most valuable player, player you know. Like, if, Gap, if Bryce was in Gavin's position... You know, he'd put up the exact same numbers because all they can do is run the ball, so. Well, maybe not the exact same Well, numbers. better numbers, Lamel. Yeah. All right. Well, fair enough. Well, that wraps up all of our end-of-the-year awards. Um, basically, all almost all of our 2021 content, really, I mean – Go check out our season and reviews for 1A through 3A and then 4A and 5A. Those are two separate episodes. We released those like two weeks ago, so you could check that out. Look at basically the rest of these end of the year award shows and whatnot from 1 through 5A. Um, obviously including the rest of this. Um, I'm, I'm just saying that just in case, you know, some people only tune in for the MVP uh, talk, which is, you know, that's fine. I get that. So. There you go there. We do have top fives dropping here this Friday. We're talking quarterbacks, so you already know it's going to be pretty big time there. Um, there's, um, It's going to be pretty close. I'm not even going cap, so there you go. And then the following week, we are finishing up our top five senior list and talking about Wildcat quarterbacks slash athletes. Uh, you know the vibe there. So, uh, shoot. So, so, yeah. So, there you go. But just to review... Your 2021 5A Newcomer of the Year is Fairview's quarterback, Beckham Kritza. Your 2021 5A Offensive Playmaker of the Year is Columbine Senior Running Back, Seth Cromwell. Uh, your Defensive Playmaker of the Year is the sophomore middle linebacker from Cherry Creek, Angelo Petritus. And then your 2021 5A MVP is Douglas County's very own, A.J. Jackson. So, uh, so there you go. I mean, look, this 2021 season has been great. I am super happy that we have all these episodes to look at, to look back at, you know, um, feel free to look at our old recaps and whatnot week by week because 
I will. You know, there's a lot of interesting stuff to look at there, a lot of storylines that we followed and reactions that we had and opinions that were changed as the season went on. Those are obviously great. Check out our top five list. Check out these end of the year award shows. And, you know, to know when a new episode is dropping, go ahead and follow us on social media as well. That's at Playmakers Corner on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok as well. And then follow us on Twitch and our YouTube channel. We will be doing more live streams there. Uh, probably more, like, probably more spontaneous, like, live streams, like, reacting to maybe Ducks workouts or to off-season places we visit or doing film breakdowns. We're probably going to do some film breakdowns live so that you, the people, could see how we do our breakdowns live and all that. See our process, see our rubrics. Um, see us break down the specific film at hand as well. So go ahead and follow us on Twitch. And then, you know, all those Twitch live streams, obviously they, uh, if, I mean, if you do miss them, you could find uh, those videos on a Twitch, but they will be uploaded to our YouTube channel as well. In whole, we're not going to edit them. So you could see every single moment, um, if you really want to. So, uh, so yeah, there. You go there. Um, shoot. I've been your co-host, Simon Voyanos, a.k.a. Coach V. I've been one of your other co-hosts, Cody Stauffer. And I'm your last co-host, Mason Austin. Peace. Later. Peace. That's it. <laughs>